As things change, other things stay the same, like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs, from small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes. There's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey everyone, David Conrad here, owner of the Gorilla Position Wrestle Store. We're an online store headquartered in San Antonio, Texas, bringing you the best in original wrestling shirts, accessories, collectibles, and more. We're glad to be partnering with Brain Buster Radio, and to thank them, and to thank you, we're offering 10% off all purchases with the coupon code BRAINBUSTA. That's B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under at GP Russell Store, or check out our website, www.gprusselstore.com. Remember, when you want the best wrestling experience, you got to hang out in gorilla position. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court right here on Brain Buster Radio. Hello, hello, my darlings, and welcome to this week's episode of Queen's Court, a fandom tale and back again, right here on Brain Buster Radio. You guys, oh my god, 13 episodes of Queen's Court. Can you believe it? Now, 13 is a very lucky number for us Italians, so I'm not afraid about it, but I will say that, hey, we made it! Ooh, ooh! Now, not as good as Kyle, formerly of Smart to Death, but I had to try, given the guests that I have today. With me is Anthony from Smart to Death. I'm so excited to be bringing you this very special segment of Holding Court with Queen, in which Anthony and I are going to talk a little bit about our personal wrestling fandoms, why we dipped out of wrestling for a while and took a break, and what really drew us back in, and what it means to be a fan in 2019. What I love most about this episode, and what I'm hoping you will connect with as well, is it got a little personal, right? Anthony and I opened up a little bit for you guys, and just for ourselves and our friendship, to talk a little bit about our fandoms, and what really wrestling uh, means to us, and, you know, what we didn't like about it at the time, and why we came back, and why we are who we are now, right? How did Anthony become Anthony from Spark to Death? How did I become Queen from Queen's Court? How did it lead to what we do on the regular? It's such a special conversation, y'all, and I'm so thrilled that I get to bring you this today on Queen's Court. So strap in, babies. Without further ado, it's time. 
it's time to hold court with Queen, your girl, and of course, Anthony from Smirk to Death. You are listening to the incredible Queen of NE. And speaking of royalty, my name's Omega Luke, and I am the king of fantasy booking. And you can find me on Brain Buster Radio on Mondays. So start your week off right, keep your friends close, but keep Omega Luke on Brain Buster Radio even closer. All right, everyone, and welcome back from that quick commercial break. And as I promised you in the introduction of this awesome episode, I haven't even told my guest what it's called yet, but I hope he loves it. Uh, But I have Anthony Suter here from the Smart to Death podcast. I'm fangirling a little bit. Not that I want to admit it, but I am because (laughs) I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) Because, you know, you all have heard my Smart to Death stories by now. But um, Anthony, how are you? I'm doing really well and uh, better than I should be. I'm going to tell you like I tell everybody else that says these kind of really nice flattering things. I'm going to tell my wife and then she's blocking you on Twitter. Like she's going to be like, <laughs> stop making him so arrogant. My God, his head doesn't – like it already doesn't fit through the door. Oh, it's really man. bad. But no, thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Um Man, don't worry about your ego. I'm sure JPQ will say something and you'll you'll feel a little bit, you know, less than you did before. But well, they've my been calling me a is... cowboy this week. So, yeah, it's, they got me. They've got me this week. <laughs> they do. But uh, tell your wife I won't uh, inflate you too much. How about Thank that? You. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So today, as I mentioned in the intro of this episode, you and I are going to be talking about, as I've named it, a fandom tale and back again. I'm a huge Hobbit Lord of the Rings girl, so I thought that would be fun because I really want to talk about like our fandom, how we got into wrestling, why people dip in and out of wrestling, right? Because I feel like we all have some sort of story of a time where we weren't super, super, super into it like we are now. Mm-hmm. And then what brings you back? So as the title suggests, the fandom to maybe a dip out and back again, um, which I think is going to be a really fun conversation and, and, and a poignant one, I feel, given what's you know happening in the world of wrestling right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that episode title so much, by the way. we were, My wife and I were just talking about The Hobbit like last weekend oh. and how much how much that was like my favorite book that I don't remember because I don't read anymore because I just watch wrestling. But it, <laughs> I do – that was my favorite book I read in, in grade school. I remember it very. I remember loving it so much. So I love that episode title. Oh, it's fun. I just love The Hobbit. So I do too. It's one of my favorite ones. Though I will say, Two Towers is probably my favorite of the whole thing. But mm. I get it. The Hobbit's special. It has a special place in the heart. You know. Yeah, it was the first long book I ever read, and then I really? gave up after that. Yeah, I was that like, was wow, it? that was too many pages. I'm done for life. I'll just <laughs> read dirt up. sheets now. It's a good idea. It's a lot shorter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The Hobbit does go on uh, quite some time, that's for Mm -hmm. sure. Very detailed man. What can we say? (laughs) So first, Anthony, I want to talk to you about uh, your introduction into wrestling. What drew you in? Why did you start watching? Who made you watch the first time, right? Who was like, yeah, you got to sit down and you got to see this. Yeah. So when I started watching wrestling, I remember... Um, and actually disclosed this on on the Smart Death Premium episode the other day as well. But we, my dad was into wrestling when he was a kid, right? Like he was friends with the Von Erics. He played baseball with them. 
Um, yeah. And if if you're not familiar, and most people probably are, the famous Von Erich family, they're you know now they've re-debuted or they're going to re-debut in MLW. Um, the kids of Kevin Von Erich will. Um, so they're they're a big deal. Um, and so he was friends with them, and he also went to shows when he was a kid uh, here in Waco, Texas, where I, I live now, and he grew up here, and like remembers meeting Andre the Giant. So wrestling was a big deal for him. Then when we got older as kids, um, we couldn't afford cable television. So Monday Night Wars for us were basically like delayed as if like we were in like a like another country from the United States. So we got Blockbuster VHS, which is hard to say, by the way. It's hard to say VHS <laughs> and not DVDs. But we would get right? Blockbuster. Uh, my dad would rent like like all these random things. I think the first thing we watched was a WrestleMania, actually, because it was like Macho Man versus uh, Hulk Hogan. And I remember mm-hmm. that it was like yellow, yellow trunks, Hulk Hogan. I remember it like really, really vividly. Or they were both on there. I don't remember if it was against them or not, if they were against each other or not. But that was my first memory was watching like these old oiled up dudes. And my, yeah. <laughs> my fandom, which I've actually never disclosed before, was actually more based on knowing these characters and playing the rented video games. Because my dad would rent a video game console and a wrestling video game. And my brothers and I would play these games. And that's where my fandom started. Finally, once my parents made a little more money and we could afford stuff, we watched WCW pretty regularly. Um, I was mm-hmm. a WCW guy first, which is why I'm such a Jericho mark. Um, and we didn't really get into WWF until right around the invasion angle was when we start watching ah. it. And I thought it I was like really into it. I was upset that WCW got purchased by Shane McMahon. I was like, no, why? I love <laughs> WCW. I bought mm-hmm. in all the way. And I frankly just didn't like a lot of the characters from the Attitude Era that much. And then I fell out. Just wasn't wasn't that interested in like the rock versus Stone Cold a million times. And I still to this day love those guys now but they just they didn't keep me around which is weird right that is it is weird but i can kind of understand given your your background why you might be like "Mm, nah Mm -hmm. (laughs) i can see that for sure so that's so funny that you bring up wrestling video games because blockbuster used to let you do that used to you know for all the children listening you used to go to the store called blockbuster and you used to be able to get VHS tapes. If you don't know what that is, Google it, children. And uh, you get to get a console. So I always remember getting like N64 and, uh, you know, the first regular Nintendo and Game Boy games and a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of shit. And my cousin always had the wrestling video games, just like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where mine uh, not officially started, but grew. Yeah. Because As I talked about on the Why We Watch pod with Mags, which if you haven't listened to, please do. Uh, It was super fun. But my great-grandfather was, it's funny to say that, great-grandfather, but he was in my life till I was 21. Mm. So he lived to 93, and he loved wrestling, as he would call it. And Mm -hmm. he was the one that sat me down in front of the TV when I was little, and he showed me, you know, wrestling, WWF, WCW, stuff like that. And he would be like, here, look at this watch this, see yeah. this. And that's when I first saw The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. And I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. My mom's going to kill you <laughs> for putting me here watching this guy carrying a, an urn, which is supposed to have dead people. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. So, But those video games were kind of what drew me in more because my cousin had them. So we would play and, and do all that. You know what's crazy, too, is you bring up The Undertaker, but... 
like a lot of people have this like crazy attachment to the undertaker right mm. and it's like this is probably going to get me some heat i hope it doesn't maybe it will i don't know <laughs> i was never like i was a Kane guy over undertaker number one because that he was like day like he was being pushed really hard i think sure whenever i jumped in i'm not sure or not but i don't remember taker being around a whole lot when i was watching wwf so i never i never have had an attachment to like i respect the man his legacy now sure but i don't have this attachment that some people have where they were like physically upset when roman reigns beat the undertaker right like so many people were upset about that but Mm -hmm. i don't have that attachment to him which is weird because i was a fan during like the height of WWF and WCW going at each other. Right. And like the man that was like, like it like carries his legacy from back then. I, I don't know. I just don't remember seeing him very often. I don't see his matches until when I came back. Really? It's weird. That is weird. Different. Yeah. That's definitely a different story than a lot of people for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, if my great grandfather was alive when Roman Reigns beat the undertaker. I think he would have broken his TV. <laughs> He yeah. loved The Undertaker and he loved um, Macho Man. So, you know, anything with them, he was he yeah. was in it to win it for sure. My dad was really, like, protective, too, though. Like, back then, like, they didn't mm-hmm. watch – like, we didn't watch WWF because women were in underwear and mud wrestling yep. and stuff like that. Which yep. I – now, the way I am now, I'm actually very grateful they were that way. So Undertaker was probably a little too far for them. Like, Kane wasn't too far, but Undertaker was too far. I'm guessing it had to do with the whole, like, you know – trying to crucify Steve Austin and things like that. You know? No. I'm sure my That's dad was totally a little upset fine. about that. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine. Totally normal. No, I totally relate to that. My great-grandfather would sneak me the tapes mm. and we'd watch it, which I've never told anybody, but it doesn't really matter. My mom's not going to listen to this. Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> she kept me off that stuff. Like, I wasn't allowed to have music with swears in it till yeah. like, I was in high school. And even then... They were my parents were super super strict, so watching WWF was so serious. No, no, which is why I didn't watch it in my house. I watched it at my cousin's house. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because he had he had all the stuff. He had the the uh, the buddies. He had the ring. He had the action figures. He had the oh, video my. games. He had all of it. The belts. He was brought mm-hmm. to him in hard for Halloween like five times. The little brawlers that were sold by the same yes. voice that still sells those brawlers. Like, it's still right. the same guy that also did the crisscross crash little thing that was around back then. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have to bring these things up when I talk to people that know them because it makes uh, me so yeah. happy. Doesn't it make you feel better when yes. you talk to people and be like, oh, my God, do you remember that? Yeah. And everyone listening to this right now are like, nope. Nope. No, don't know what that is. No, I'm going to have to look that up, I guess. Yeah. They're, <laughs> I still, they're still Googling Blockbuster right now. They're still Googling Blockbuster at this exact yeah, time. At this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, so knowing you, I know you love Jericho. Mm-hmm. But who are some of your other favorite wrestlers from that time period that you were, like, super into before before you fell out? So um, one that I always bring in um, that is – tough to bring up because a lot you know it's like a faux pas you don't bring this guy up because of what happened um i was really really a big fan of chris benoit as well sure i really liked his work i thought he was fantastic and we'll get to that point when i'm sure you'll ask and something that has to do with him and, and everything that that hurt me with wrestling um i always liked ray mysterio uh cruiserweights is really where it's at which is probably why i love junior wrestling in new japan mm-hmm. now uh, but yep. the cruisers is where it's at. I didn't care about the big men punching each other and grappling and being sweaty and just having feats of strength. Like, whatever. I don't care. I want to see the gymnastics. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Jericho, Benoit. Um, 
Loved Eddie Guerrero a lot. Really liked him. The I lie, I cheat, I steal. My dad wasn't a big fan of that, but I I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> and of the big names from the Attitude Era, probably Kurt Angle was my favorite. Oh, um, okay. Outside of Jericho, uh, that was my that was because of my dad too. He loved he loved the Olympic hero thing. He thought it was a more believable thing. I think um, yeah. we've never really talked about it, but I think that's why. So that's who we were into. Like we cheered for we cheered for Kurt Angle. We didn't cheer for The Rock. We didn't cheer for Stone Cold. We cheered for Kurt Angle. That was our guy. The milk guy. The That's milk all I guy. remember him. The iconic milk guy. Mm-hmm. Instead of pouring beer down his throat, it's milk bottles. <laughs> yes. And Lita was my very first crush, I think. Uh, that wasn't Topanga from Boy Meets World. Oh, my God. First of all, excellent shout. Love Topanga. Yes. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah, Lita was the first girl that I was like, Wow. You know, because they had all sorts of wrestling, like we touched on before. My my mother didn't let me watch that either. She was like, mm, nope, <laughs> I don't think so. But she was the first one that I was like, wow, you're different. And I feel like in our, our age group, that was a very, you know, hot topic was a big thing. Yeah. Alternative type of clothing was a big thing. Corn, yeah. the band, big right. thing. You know, like that vibe was right. very uh, popular at the time. So seeing someone dressed like her, acting like her with that rock mm. music that was very impressive to me right to see she, on screen you know yeah yeah and at that time i was listening to like skate punk i was listening to like no effects and like yeah. pennywise and like uh and, like all these guys or whatever and my dad's like punk records and stuff right so i'm like listening to all of this stuff and so this punk rock girl comes out in my mind and i'm like damn this girl's hot um, and then <laughs> yep. she's like a punk rock wrestler and you know we had china too who was like a, in my mind like a metal wrestler she's a big tough woman Oh, yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, Lita 100% was, like, my very first, like, wrestling crush. Like, my yeah. first non-Topanga. And it was, uh, she. I just <laughs> loved watching her, too. And I loved the Hardy Boys and tag team wrestling and all that stuff. So, um, and, of course, the tags, like, Edge and Christian and, and the Dudley mm-hmm. Boys. And even with Spike Dudley when he was around with them. And um, and the Hardys. Like, those, that was, that was it. Like, that was the pinnacle for me was the Cruisers and um, Lita and China. And the tag team wrestlers, like, that's that's what I liked. That's what I was into. Yeah, this is why we're friends right here. Uh, pretty much exactly the same, except I'm obsessed with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I love him. Love. I love him, him now, but I didn't yeah. really care then. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I understand. Um, I respectfully disagree. I cared yeah. uh, very, very much. <laughs> I loved him. He was the person that made me fall in love with wrestling. There was something about his, I don't give a absolute fuck about anything. Yeah. Or anybody and I'm just going to come out here, speak my mind, do what I want, say what I want that I really related to. Not because I was that person, because I wanted to be that person. And I identified with that really hardcore. So he, for me, was such a uh, – my draw in my why I want to watch this is, is for him. But huge, huge Hardy Boy fan. Huge. Mm-hmm. Jeff was my first wrestling crush. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Time. Loved him. So much, still to to this day, but that's all right. Um, I, I can't help it. It just is. oh no, he and he <laughs> looks very him. much seventy at I least. I know he does. That poor bo- that poor man's body is beat I know. the hell up. I feel so bad, but what are you He's gonna still do? Still keeping on, whatever. He's still keeping <laughs> on, him. keeping on. Good for him. Um, yeah, love the Hardy Boys and Lita. I was my favorite female wrestler other than China, and I love the Cruiserweights too. And Chris Jericho is and was my first choice other than Steve Austin for the greatest of all time of all time. Yeah. Yeah. He no, I put unbelievable. I put Jericho as, as my goat for sure. But mm-hmm. like 
man, look, I think back every time I have these discussions, right? I always think back to like we always focus on the men and like think about how like far women's wrestling has come from them, right? Like I know this is way off track, but no, that's like, okay. We talked about Lita and I bring up China and Trish Stratus was amazing back then too. But like sure. otherwise, all the women that were in there, eh, because they didn't get any opportunity to do anything but like look extremely attractive and wrestle in food and mud. I know, which is the sad part. And there were shining stars. Jazz was great. Yes. And so was Victoria. I feel like she never really got. I feel like if Victoria was like 22 right now, things would be so different for her. Mm-hmm. And the right. opportunities that she could have had if she had right. just been later, I think would have been boundless. Or like Molly Holly even. Like yes, imagine Molly, Molly Holly. Holly. Molly Holly would be probably the most over woman in the WWE if she debuted in 2019. Oh, when she was imagine? at her in her prime. Yeah, she would be Becky would be nothing compared to her in my mind. Oh, you know what? I totally agree though. I totally agree. That was the thing I was just gonna say. She would be Becky two belts, but she'd be Molly two belts. Right. That bitch can go. I love oh her. God, she was so good. So good. So talented and so wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just in that time period. And, and, you know, she's famous for shaving off her hair. You know, right. it's like, oh, my God. That All just right. that hurts, um, yeah. which might tie into what we're going to talk about a little later. But <laughs> um, so when you were younger, did were you ever able to go to any wrestling shows did you see anything um did you you know we could talk about maybe who we met later in life uh, yeah too. so no actually i didn't uh we were very poor like we just couldn't have like a lot of times we wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't really have like my my parents both worked at a pizza place so we ate a lot of pizza like that's how that's what we ate we were just very mm-hmm. poor uh, my first wrestling show i didn't go to until actually last year my first in-person show and okay. i've been back into wrestling for solid five or six years but they yeah my very first show was a house wwe house show in the nosebleeds last year get out of here how'd you like that uh at the time a lot now i've been to a lot of shows because it was like a freaking (laughs) addiction and it's my least favorite show i've ever been to but of course it is uh, (laughs) yeah it's because i'm and i'm a mark i know i am so anyone that's listening i if i sound like a mark i understand like i get it i know (laughs) what i am your show is called Smart Death. It's called Smart Death, yeah. And I very much so focus on the fact that I like all of the alternative wrestling like a goddamn wrestling hipster. I understand. I yeah. get it. No, I do too. I uh, I was able to go to an indie show when mm. I was in high school. My boyfriend at the time was super, super into wrestling. He loved the Hardy Boys as well. And he was like, let's go see an indie show. Let's go see these guys wrestle. We had people wrestle in our high school gym oh, like awesome. just for fun. And like, I think... I don't remember who was there now because I'm blanking, but somebody was there. They had a bunch of people, some guys from TNA, uh, blanking. Uh, if I remember, I will put it in at the end. But anyway, so we went to this indie show, and other than that, I didn't really go to anything. Um, I went to my first WWE show in the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. I took my younger brother. My brother and I are 11 years apart. Okay. So for him, it was kind of funny because he started to get into – WWE as I was like pulling back. <laughs> yeah. But he really loved it. So I was a way for us to kind of, you know, bond and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, he was the one that got in. So I took him and his friends to a WWE Raw that happened to be uh, a couple towns over in Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, that was my first real experience. And that was a couple years ago now. And then I've seen like a SmackDown and another Raw and then like a Christmas Live one. 
Ugh. That was like it. That yeah. was it. Well, well, like in Waco too, and I, I, I don't have numbers on this or when. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure WWE wasn't actually touring through our town. So Waco, Texas is located like legitimately like almost the exact center of Texas. So we mm-hmm. have Dallas, Texas, 90 miles north, about 100 miles north of us. And mm-hmm. then we have uh, Austin, Texas, about 100 miles south of us. So we're in a very good location, but you have to drive. So when, go there. when you're poor, you're yeah. not going to a show. And so even mm-hmm. for us now, like it's you know it's difficult to want to go to Dallas to watch a Monday Night Raw and then have to be back at work the next day. I'm not going to ask off for work to go watch a freaking Monday Night Raw. I'm just not going to do that. No. Um, and have to miss off miss Tuesday for a show that I'm probably going to bitch about for two hours. So <laughs> exactly. But, but back then, you know, we just like it just wasn't feasible for my parents to up and take a family yeah. of five on a Monday night to go watch Raw be taped in Dallas and then sit in the nosebleeds and them not really have the money to do that. It's just right. We just didn't do that. It's not something we yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents didn't either. Um, my, you know, we were in a similar situation to you, just less siblings. And, yeah. uh, you know, I we never really did any of that stuff. We saved our money. We went on like a beach vacation for a couple of days a year. And that was what we did. So it really was once I was old enough to like have a job and make my own money. Right. That I went to these shows and the, you know, I went to um, all the big shows that I would consider big paper. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure for a minute, but then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Reviews in the last two years. Mm. So similar to you. (laughs) Yeah, all my big shows, all my big shows have been since uh, all in to now actually so yeah. not a whole lot of big shows and i we will never do that but it's it's interesting to think about that stuff right because like now like i could my parents still can't justify spending money on a wrestling show to go there even though my dad could if he wanted to sure. he still can't and i'm like fuck it cool how much is it i'll pay it off in six months on the credit card thank you so much that's right you know some things are are worth your time and investment if that's what you want to do then that's what you oh, want to sure do. yeah yeah oh yeah just did that for Starcast and All Out, so uh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Hey, listen, it's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that didn't really happen when we were younger in our wrestling fandom. Stuff like this, big, mm-hmm. big stuff like that. Mm-mm. There were wrestling conventions, sure, but nothing quite like this. No, <laughs> like that nothing was that... Eas- more easily accessible to us now, and right. you know, not even like to go, but to watch. Like right. you could watch from home if you wanted to, which is crazy to me yeah because when we started being fans this is not a reality internet no. was not a th- you know a not really a thing and b was becoming a thing but it still blocked your phone line so yeah. <laughs> you couldn't go stream a show on the internet back then yeah and even like even back then like i just didn't have anything that i was that attached to and it just wasn't realistic right like i felt like a big fantasy like going to a wrestlemania or like going to like a big wrestling event i didn't even know other promotions besides wwf and wcw existed 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know I didn't know they were indie wrestling. I didn't know where they went to school and learned how to do all this stuff. Just not as accessible as it is now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely not as accessible to, as it is now. And I only knew of TNA because the, my boyfriend at the time was into it. Like, I wouldn't have yeah. known anything other than WWE if it wasn't for him. So it's crazy. Yeah, same boat. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about the time that we both maybe took a dip out of wrestling and why we did that. Um, but I'm going to take a quick commercial break here first and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, Kat Johansson of WrestleThoughts Podcast here, and you're listening to Queen's Court with the Queen of N.E. And you can find us, WrestleThoughts Podcast, with myself, Jamie and Callum, every Sunday on Brain Buster Radio. Alright, we're back, and it's time to talk about why we left wrestling behind. <laughs> that's so terrible. It is. <laughs> that's okay, it's an important conversation because... You know what I feel, too, before we dive into that whole thing? I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, are like, oh, I've been a fan and I've never stopped watching and you're less of a fan for leaving. And I'm like, mm, no, because sometimes you need a break from things. You know, you need a timeout. Yeah. And I don't feel like that's a bad thing, especially if what you're watching either A, isn't making you happy or B, isn't interesting you anymore. If it's not interesting you anymore, then why are you devoting your time to it? Either find something about it that you find interesting and you can't connect with, mm-hmm. watch a different promotion, or like leave it all together. You know, you need to do something that's that's good for you. And if that's what's good for you, then I don't see the problem. There's this interesting thing in wrestling that I've noticed too, in like wrestling fandom. Like, so I'm I'm in multiple fandoms. I play video games. I'm extremely hardcore into professional sports. I keep that separated from my wrestling stuff because it's it's tough, right? Like wrestling fandom is so extreme and it's cool because the fans are so passionate and we love it so much. But it's like we measure it in whether or not you took a break during the ruthless aggression era. Like I feel like those fans are like, I ne- like you said, I never took a break. I'm hardcore. You did take a break. Everybody took a break. You take a break from your fandoms. You just do like I Baylor University is here in, in Texas in mm-hmm. Waco, Texas. Right. And they've had they just had a massive football scandal. I'm a massive Baylor football fan. I took a break when the scandal broke. I had to. I had to take a break from watching that. And that's where my wife got her college degree. It's okay. I don't know why in wrestling fandom we're so scared to admit or talk about why we took a break. You know, it's weird. I think it's very strange. Um, I just want everybody, you know, in general, with a lot of the things that I'm finding being in wrestling Twitter now for six months, really hardcore. You know, yeah. before I was like a, in the shadows. Sure. <laughs> now I'm not. Um, seeing all of this stuff makes me want to just be like, yo, relax. It's yeah. going to be okay. You know, yeah. with people's opinions, with people's, uh, you know, all this attacking and craziness that I've seen. And, you know, that's kind of stuff. I don't understand that. I, I think you can be a fan mm-hmm. and have opinions, but I don't really think we need to go so far. But the level of ex- extreme that you're talking about. I, I've seen a lot in the last yeah. six months, and I'm kind of like, whoa, like, let's pump the brakes. Like, I don't understand why we're so mad. Why are we mad? Yeah. It's, about I like think, that. I think that there's like a maybe like a left behind mentality with wrestling fans because we're such a like wrestling was cool in the 90s. Right. It's super not cool now. Like, it's really not like it is to us. We're wrestling fans. But like, mm-hmm. you definitely get some some hell from your friends when you're like, oh, I'm gonna go to a wrestling show. They're like that okay. fake stuff, blah, blah, blah. And so I guess because we're so maybe wrestling fans are like so angry from like internalizing that stuff. 
maybe that's why we're so intense to each other. Like whatever we like, you kind of get like verbally bullied a little bit by your friends for watching that kind of stuff. I think like Mm -hmm. you watch wrestling. It's fake. Why are you such a dork? And then you're like, oh, God, now I belong in this dorky. I don't think it's dorky, but in this dorky community. So I wonder if that's why they're so angry. I mean, it's an interesting point. And, and, And to that point, my best friend the other day said to me, oh, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, oh, I have a, I'm recording with my friend Anthony at such and such time. And I'm doing this, this, and this, and I'm going to see an indie show. And she just put her hand on my shoulder and was like, oh, I love you. And I was I like, hate that. I was like, girl, back up. What? <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, I mean, you love that wrestling stuff. And, and like this condescending tone. And I was like, girl, you better, you better check yourself because now you're gonna make me mad. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I just don't get it. I'm like, well, you don't have to get it. That's okay, no. honey. You can not be yeah. in this world. That's fine. But then I said to her, because she's a super big Marvel fan. Right. And I was like, you know, because all she says, all oh, wrestling's fake, blah, blah, blah. And I go, hey, remember that time where you were really into Infinity War and uh, yeah. Endgame? And you were like crying at the movie theater? She's like, yeah. I'm like, what's the difference? Nothing. They're all fake. Yeah. They're not real. It's right. an investment in a character work. It's an investment in something that you love. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? So like Harry right. Potter, right? I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Massive, massive nerd with that. And I'm cool with that. I don't care what anybody has to say about it. Sure. And that's fine. You don't have to like it, but I do. I was invested in those books. I was invested in those movies. They're not real, but it doesn't make it any less real to me. As right. A right. And that's what I don't understand when people talk like that. It drives me crazy. But right. maybe this why. Because we all get like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we're so it's like such a pat like because you spend so much of your time outside of the wrestling community defending why you watch it. But you're right though. Like Marvel has superheroes that do things that are unbelievable. At least wrestlers have superheroes that do things that are physically possible. Yeah. So like Canadian destroyers are physically possible. A little they silly. They're a little bit of a silly move. Doesn't mean they're not badass. But they <laughs> are. They're a little. They're a little silly. But it is physically possible for a human body to contort that way. So at least there's that. But I, I really th- I've been thinking about that. I think it's not so much that like we don't like each other. I think we're just on defense mode so much that you're just conditioned when you talk about wrestling, you're on defense mode. And it's like an unfortunate second nature that we get because I get I start to get that way sometimes. And I'm like, delete. Yeah. Don't send that. You sound like a dick. <laughs> yeah. I've had to stop myself, too. I, I always try to take the the tact of rising above and, and speaking with logic, but sometimes it just doesn't work for people and they need to get yeah. their ass kicked. You know what I mean? Yeah, verbally, yeah, yeah. verbally, of course, not, mm-hmm. not really, but um, <laughs> no violence. <laughs> I promise unless I have to, but uh, yeah, no, I, that just kind of drives me nuts. But yeah. with that, the real underlying issue is that we have these differencing differences in opinion mm-hmm. and we have these different feelings about a time where you feel like yeah you know what i really need a step back when did that happen for you so i naturally stepped back as i've said on the why we watch pod and i said mm-hmm. i've said multiple times naturally i stepped back as i got into uh adolescence <laughs> and discovered that i was very much into talking to females so uh it had a lot to because you know, i didn't want to admit to girls that i watched these guys in underwear wrestle around each other in a ring it wasn't cool I think it is now. I hate saying that, but I understand. (laughs) And I also played, I was in band and I played football and I did martial arts. And so the amount of time that I had to even try to care about that stuff was spent watching like what my friends watched. My friends were watching like South Park and and stuff. So I watched South Park and Comedy Central shows and 
I was really into scrubs for a while too. That was around the time I dropped out. Oh, yeah. So like I just switched fandoms into really nothing. I was really not a fan of anything at that time. Honestly, I was just, I played sports and I hung out with my friends and mm-hmm. I played for JPQ. I'll say that I was into girls and jazz music. Cause that's when his head, what happened to me? That's right. I was into uh, girls and jazz music. He said you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wanted me to. But the other thing that I uh, that happened, truthfully, is I was in Corpus Christi. I lived there for a while, which is in South Texas, um, mm-hmm. very close to the border of Mexico. Um, so Mexico, Texas. But we at the time, um, WWE was going to come to Corpus for either a Raw or SmackDown taping. And yes, people listening, famous Corpus Christi. That's the absolute worst crowd for WWE to do any tapings, but they still do it anyway. I don't know why, but it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Um it was when Chris Benoit, the Chris Benoit tragedy happened, and yeah. I flipped on because I was like, oh, cool. This is in Corpus. I can't afford to go, but I'm going to watch because they're in my town. I've never been in a town that wrestling was in, and I was like in high school, and I was just like, let's see. Maybe I like this again. I just wanted to try. I had some free time, uh, and then I heard about that, and I was really sad because when they thought that he had committed suicide. And then I turn on the news the next day and like Kevin Nash and I I did see this interview. Kevin Nash was being interviewed and they're talking about mm-hmm. this and we find out that he murdered his whole family. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I like was like, I can't watch this stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm like I spent so much time like reading all these stories about this damage that this sport did to these people and CTE and steroid abuse and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. I I can't like this is like football, but worse. Like this is a really dark world. I don't want to be in this dark world. And I was done. I was done until five years ago. My wife was still into wrestling. Funny enough. I'm the one with the podcast, but she's the one that never quit. Um, <laughs> her and her family loved watching wrestling. They still would when we lived with them out, out in the uh, suburbs of Waco. But anyway, we like, I, I remember like all of a sudden a friend did bring me back in. I'm sure that's what we'll get back in, in a second. But mm-hmm. uh, up until about five or six years ago, I was done. I just could, like the Crispin Wadding took me out of wrestling and yeah. I still struggle with that sometimes. And like even hearing some things like where like more tragedy happens, like the Ashley Massaro stuff, mm-hmm. um, it takes me out of it for a minute because it's such a tragic and dark life for a lot of these people. Yeah, it. Yeah, that really hits home. Um, when it gets so dark and so personal and such a tragedy for his yeah. family, for him, it's it's an awful thing. Yeah. And around that time, as you know, similarly to you, I did a lot of things in high school. I was very, very busy. I was in all sorts of sports and theater and school, taking AP classes. Like I was busy. I had yeah. a lot going on. But as I mentioned, the boyfriend was the one that really liked it a lot and he got me into it. So we would watch, you know, enough of what was going on in the week and then pay-per-views. If we could afford it, we'd all go in together and buy it. Um, Cause if you have multiple people, it's only about $5. <laughs> so it's not so right, bad. Right. But um, yeah, it really, for me was in was after that whole thing happened, I was like, wow, this is, this is bad. And then once I went to college, I didn't have time. We didn't have TV right. in our dorm. I didn't right. have time for it anymore. And after all of that stuff, it put a really bad taste in my mouth. Damn. And I was like, you know what? I don't really need to watch this anyway. I'm too busy. And I was done. You know, Stone Cold was done pretty much. And mm-hmm. The Rock was The Rock. But it really wasn't 
pulling me anymore. I didn't have the same feeling I had when I was a child. Yeah. And it's my teens. Now when I was moving into college, I was like, I don't, I'm done with that. So I really dipped out like pretty hardcore. I would maybe mm-hmm. hang out with my cousin. We, we, we would maybe watch Mania together if I was mm-hmm. home or he was home from school. Or we would watch SummerSlam together because we were still on break. Mm-hmm. But like that was it. That was yeah. really it until my brother, as I mentioned, in the early 2010s. But that was, ugh, that wasn't an era <laughs> that was. Um, yeah. Not good. Not good at all. <laughs> it was no. terrible. No, it was really it bad. Good. It was a bad transition for a lot of people, I feel like. Um, but we still watched. He really was into it. He loved John Cena, of course, as any child does And uh, from that time. And he loved Chris Jericho because he was still around, obviously, and you yeah. know, I was like, well, if I'm going to take you to the show, at least Jericho's there, right? Right. And Randy Orton. You know, like, at least there's some people I can, like, connect to still. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I and even then I wasn't, like, all the time, all the time, all the time. Until really my brother was like, yeah, let's watch Raw together after I do my homework. And I was like, all right. So we would, we would do that. But really, like, the super fandom for me came back three, four years ago. Yeah. That's about it for me, yeah. Yeah, my super fandom came back... Um... A friend of mine that is a lapsed fan now actually mm-hmm. got like showed me a Finn Balor entrance from NXT. Like it was right after he debuted with yeah. NXT and showed me the demon entrance. And then I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then he's like, hey, check out check out Sasha versus Bailey. Like, and I was like, women's re- what are they like? I, in my head, I had Attitude Era women's wrestling in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I see Sasha and Bailey, and I was like, holy fuck, these women are. Oh my god, what is this? And yeah. then I uh, then Bailey became my second wrestling crush. <laughs> so. I just love her so much. Bailey is like one of my very favorites. Like when she won the title recently, like I, mm-hmm. I, I am man enough to admit I straight up did cry, did have some tears in my eyes. Aww. I just love her so much. Um, but she, yeah, that's what brought me back in. Honestly, it was like Sasha versus Bailey in NXT, and mm-hmm. then I watch a takeover after that, and it starts with a banger of a tag match like they always do, and then a great women's match. I don't remember who was the champ at the time. I think it was Bailey. I think it was like the big. I can't. Yeah. Was it the beginning of her reign? Maybe. Maybe. I can't remember who was who it was though, because I mm-hmm. watched a bunch of takeovers that had already happened before. Mm, yeah. Right. Right. Um. And then I like jumped in, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is amazing." Yeah. Some crazy stuff. I wish I was around for NXT at the beginning. Me I wasn't. too. I like really it. wish I was though. Like when they and did the episodes with like uh like Wade Barrett and yes. and Daniel Bryan, like that first class. Me too. Yeah, really, really wish for that. But what are you going to do? That's okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, in the time period before I came back, I think, you know, I I really, I know he's controversial, but I really liked CM Punk. And I really liked um, AJ Lee a lot. But those were like my only real connections other than Edge. Right. Who was, I still loved from Edge and Christian days, you know, to really be in it. But what brought me back to wrestling other than really my brother bringing me back, um, actually wasn't WWE at all. It was a really good friend of mine who was like, hey, I think you should stop watching WWE. I was like, why? (laughs) Why would I do that? That's weird. And he's like, have you ever heard of something called New Japan Pro Wrestling? Mm. And I was like, no, what the fuck is that? (laughs) He's like, okay, I'm going to sit you down. I'm about to change your life. And I was like, okay, weirdo, (laughs) whatever you want. And he showed me New Japan, and I saw... Okada and I saw Kenny I saw the Bucks I saw Mm -hmm. Tanahashi and I was sitting here my mouth open I was like what is this magic and Mm -hmm. how did I not know Mm -hmm. 
and boom, that was it. I got so into New Japan and I dove right back into WWE. I wanted it all over again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad that's actually your story for why you want. So before that, I got more into wrestling because of the podcast. That's I'm I'm more I'm absolutely comfortable to say that yeah. Kyle and I, whenever we start smart to death, um, he actually like he got me to watch Ring of Honor and some other promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, New Japan happened because there was just so much buzz within my like wrestling friends here in Waco that talked about Kenny versus Okada. Mm-hmm. But so I watched Kenny versus Okada. I took a lunch break. I had been told all morning by my friends in this group chat that no longer exists, but I was in it. And they're mm-hmm. like, hey, you guys got to check out Kenny versus uh, uh, this wrestler named Kenny Omega versus this, this amazing Japanese god of wrestling named Kazuchika mm-hmm. Okada. That's right. Um, and I read it as Kazuchika because <laughs> it's my first exposure to his name. And I'm like, God sure. damn, that is not right. Uh, but I watch it and I watch this match. I took a lunch break and I mm-hmm. took a long lunch break. So it was like an, it was a long match. It was like their first one, their very first one in the saga. And then, mm-hmm. boom, I was like, oh, shit, I like WWE more now. And it's weird to me that actually mm-hmm. liking New Japan has made me like other wrestling better because I know I don't have to watch it. Like, I don't have yes. to watch WWE. I have an option. I can just watch New Japan only. But I get such a di- – like, there are so many different sides now. It makes it yeah. so easy to watch wrestling for me. Like, I can watch New Japan and have great combat simulation, or I can watch WWE and have – Fairly entertaining most of the time, mm. sports entertainment with uh, a topping of wrestling if they fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ring of Honor, which is a clusterfuck of really good technical wrestling and like everything's so much easier to watch now because of yeah. Japan. I so agree with that, which is super funny. Um, but I can't. Nobody in, thinks like us. Nobody we- thinks like that. No, but <laughs> we're smart. So whatever. <laughs> 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 so. I was so disappointed when I found out I came in after Finn, well, Prince Devitt, left. And I was like, wait, what? I was so upset. And then I went back and binged everything, of course, because I had to. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. (laughs) This is amazing. I don't know. how. And I was like, how did I not know? How did I not know? But, you know, thinking about it from my perspective, everybody around me who even Mm -hmm. liked wrestling was WWE oriented or TNA or Ring of Honor. Like, that was it. That's all I ever heard. So it wasn't like there was someone in my life who could have been like, hey, go in this direction, right? Yeah. Until my friend who was like, yo, you need to, like, broaden your horizons here. Like, WWE is not it all the time. Trust me. And now from there, insanity. So I actually – it's funny you brought that up. I talked to uh, our buddy, uh, JPQ, (laughs) from the No Particular Angle Part of the Queen and Pup connection. Did I do that right? You did. Good hey, job. Yeah. Um, I he and I he and I talk every day. We have our little bromance going on. I'm like I've got. I don't know if he's a side chick or Warren's my side chick, but either way, we'll we'll figure multiple. it out. Multiple. Yeah, maybe they're both the main chick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, not what? my wife who can hear me. This is probably weird for her. Right, anyway, um, John and I actually talked the other day. Like I was talking about how I really wish that I watched. Like you said, I wa- I wish I had known about New Japan. Mm-hmm. I really wish I had known about Ring of Honor in 2003. That's what I really wish when, I like, Di- Daniel Bryan and Nigel McGuinness were wrestling. But he brought up a really good point. Like, you could say that. And I said, if I knew about this other wrestling, I think I never would have stopped watching. He's like, no, nah, that's a lie. You still would have stopped. Like, it's you stopped for a reason. Even if, mm-hmm. like, if you wanted to know other wrestling, you would have found other wrestling. So I think that actually kind of probably applies to you, too. Like, if we really wanted to when we weren't interested anymore, find sure. an alternate 
the inter- I mean, we were old enough to use the internet and we probably were. pretty efficiently, especially in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew how to get a lot of shit for free in college because I had no sure. money. So I could have Same. figured it out if I wanted to. But um, I thought that was a good point he brought up. I think it's an important one when you're talking about lapsed fandom. God, that JPQ and his damn smarts. That can't miss Speculus, despite the fact that he misses often. <laughs> the always can't. miss Speculus. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> the can't miss Speculus. That dude... That's a great point. It's a if we really wanted good to, point. we could have. But uh-huh. we were we're in a point where we're like, nah, like I'm I'm good right now. Yeah. And we found our way back in. Yeah. Um I don't know that watching New Japan would have made me like if I'd known about earlier, would have changed my mind on WWE until I was at this point in my life. So maybe I can like combine those two and say mm-hmm. yes and no to that. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have really I, w- I don't know if at that time, when I dipped out, if you had shown me New Japan, I would have been as open to it. Because I was so like, mm-mm, time out, I'm done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So maybe yeah. I wouldn't have felt the same way as I do when I dove back in end of 2016 into 2017. And seeing that whole thing. And now, yeah, where we are now is so vastly different from that time right. period. And right. I'm like, I feel like, you know, I mean, we got older, things changed, we right. got married. You know, life changes, but and we change as people. So I feel like maybe now is the time for that. Yeah, I I, I think that's a good point too. But I see, I actually think that I don't think I would have been hardcore. I would never. I would. I probably never would got to this point in my fandom. But I think Mm. I would have been a very casual New Japan watcher. Like I I could have seen myself being like, yeah, I'll watch this thing from Japan that happened a couple weeks ago. That thing being like a Wrestle Kingdom or a Dominion or something. I could see myself watching that on a Saturday when I didn't have anything going on at that time because I was mm-hmm. very much into I wanted things to look real. So I really mm-hmm. liked sports and I like playing sports. And I think that would have helped me buy in. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think I think I would have been OK with it because what brought me back into wrestling wasn't even the characters. It wasn't a character of Sasha or Bailey. It was the technical aspect of Sasha versus Bailey. Like it was the action in the ring that got me. Um, and then I bought into the characters, like the in-ring work, the storytelling, like I knew Sasha was a really, 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 really evil bitch to Bailey. (laughs) And I knew that Bailey was fucking awesome and had like, you could, they told that story so well and New Japan, that's their thing, right? Like every match has a great story. So I think, I I think I would have been casual. I would not be talking to someone I met from Wrestle Twitter (laughs) on a Saturday about wrestling, I think I would have never got to that point. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Yeah, it's just so interesting how things evolve, right? Mm-hmm. And and how we've become what we've become. <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> so to do speak. that. I really like to go back and like try to figure out what 
point in time made me get to the point I am now. I never find it out, but it's fun to think about. It is fun to think about. And that's so funny you bring that up because that's my next thing I wanted to discuss Mm -hmm. with you is, you know, how did that jumping back in really, and you said it relates to your podcast, of course, but how did that lead you to like, yo, I want to talk about this on the regular. (laughs) Like, let's do this, you know? Yeah. So, um, the guy, my Kyle, who, um, he and I had become friends about a year before we started smart to death. Um, and we were into wrestling and we were into sports and we would like constantly, like we'd go out, we'd get drunk and we'd debate about one of one of the sports we were interested in. And I'm including wrestling in those sports. Um, so we would just get drunk and argue about it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he was doing a podcast with someone else here locally and he didn't like it. He enjoyed the discussions that he and I had better. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's what it was. And they were super time consuming, like doing video streams and like, they like, they do live reacts yeah. and stuff. So it's just a lot. And he's like, you know, I really just want to do something like weekly and maybe with pay-per-view reviews. And so he brought me in. I was like, man, but I just really watched WWE, but I like, I just started watching new Japan pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd like to talk about that because I don't feel like anyone here talks about it. So maybe like, maybe people on the internet would, um, and Yeah. It's kind of evolved from there, though, right? Like, it's it's become something completely different to where, like, I started off as really we were a WWE podcast. And now if I – now I sometimes actually fairly often think about just dropping WWE altogether because I've met people like you and Amy and Kelsey and uh, Warren and John and all these other people that love alternate wrestling. Yeah. So I don't really need to watch WWE anymore. But it's kind of that's, – that's how it led to this, though. I mean – he asked me to do a podcast. I like to talk. And now that's all I do. <laughs> yeah, that is all you do. That's what we're doing right now. I know. It's kind of weird, right? When you think when you think back to that, and especially you after being in it for a while now, when you can like watch your evolution, that must be really cool for you to like be like, wow, look at where we started and look where look where I am now. Even though Kyle's mm-hmm. gone, uh, it's so vastly different than where you began. I knew what a suplex and a power bomb was in January 2018. I'll be honest. Like yeah. the the way I, and I know you've listened for a while, mm-hmm. like the way I've gone from like analyzing wrestling to being like, I like that. It was really good <laughs> to like now I'm like, oh, this move happened. This move happened. There was a kid like Spanish fly, like blah, blah, blah and all this shit. And I've never been that guy. So it's kind of crazy how you go in and you're just like, I'm going to start a podcast and talk about this to like, holy crap. Now I write for like for me, I write for like three wrestling sites and I do a podcast. I'm like, what happened? What? How did I get here? Right. It's wild. It is a wild story. It's a wild story and it's a wild thing to to think about. And especially for somebody like me who's so, so brand new. Um, it's crazy. I didn't mm-hmm. think back in January when really you and Kyle got me into like, let me dive into wrestling Twitter and see what the fuck happens. Yeah. Well, now it's June and I'm on two shows. I'm on a collective and I'm talking to you. So uh-huh. I mean, life's weird. <laughs> it's weird in all of the very best ways though. Like of we course. just kind of buried wrestle Twitter at the beginning of, of this little segment here, but wrestle Twitter is kind of like what motivates me to keep going. Like, yeah. You know, you had here on, on our little uh, outline, not to break kayfabe here, Uh-oh. but you had what led to Wrestle Twitter. But honestly, yeah. like being led to Wrestle Twitter was natural. It was it was it was a selfish marketing ploy because sure. that's what you had to do. You had to get listeners that way. But now it's become like I probably would have quit when Kyle quit, except that all the people in my discord and on Twitter said, hey, don't quit. We love you. Yeah. And I was like, why? Why do you like me? I'm such <laughs> I'm such an asshole. Um, Like I'm like. 
I like I've probably told you I hate your opinion before, but thank you for supporting me and telling me to keep going. So like mm-hmm. Wrestle Twitter is mostly positive. It just can be a little rough sometimes. Absolutely. And I, and I feel the same way that you do. Wrestling Twitter has is, is been way more of a blessing than it's been a negative experience yeah. for me. Uh, you know, meeting all the people I never would have met if I didn't join and finding my voice wouldn't have happened without Wrestling Twitter. Having now my 13th episode of Queen's Court never would have happened mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Wrestling Twitter and the people that I met and those who encouraged me to say, hey, you're a girl, which is really cool, and you have like actual intelligent opinions about wrestling, which is weird because we don't see a lot of women. Hi, we're men, and we do the podcasting, but you're really smart and a female. That's crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting to hear that because yeah. I'm just over here like, I don't know, I just like wrestling. I don't know why it has to be weird that I'm a girl. But then seeing the landscape on Twitter and meeting people like Amy and Kelsey and Jen and uh, Courtney and so many others yeah. who are emerging. It's in, in like here with a very present voice. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. It is. And I'm, I, I wish that people listening to this episode, episode, not Epicode episode <laughs> could have seen how hard I rolled my eye when, yeah, eyes, when you, you said can. the, cause I hate that shit about, about like, it is such a, like wrestling coverage in the media is like such a like naturally misogynistic thing and it's awful but like i took this opportunity when i got the show solo that i'm like i'm gonna have more women's wrestling because i love your show your voice is fantastic and you're very easy to listen to um but also you have intelligent great points and you bring in this unique perspective not because you're a woman, but because you just have a unique mind to this stuff where you're bringing in different ideas and this Queen's Court idea where you're just not even really breaking down wrestling. You're just talking about wrestling, right. which we spend too much time breaking down wrestling. We spend too much time trying to understand every move or the psychology right. when I'm not going to go take a bump anytime soon. So why should <laughs> I be telling somebody how botchy they looked? And I do that. Mm-hmm. But. I actually think like you do a great job of that and like Amy and and uh, and uh, Jen over on Dragons Den they do this yeah. amazing job of like breaking it down and talking about the like presentation they're big presentation girls and like yeah, not just the setting of the match the presentation the environment then we have uh, Kelsey who does the analytical and she's goddamn fantastic at the she analytical really she's fantastic and having and I got to witness that having her on the show with me and John and Warren who are also technical breakdown guys And so she just like jumped in and was a little better than us, to be really honest. She frankly was. And I'm not just saying that because this is recorded. I told her (laughs) that. Um, She's a friend of mine now. So I think I'm I'm glad that you brought that up and that people definitely do flock to a woman as a podcaster. They're like, oh, a girl is covering covering wrestling. But it's so much more than that. It's like it's just unique perspectives regardless of gender. And it's awesome. It is awesome, and I'm and I'm glad you brought up that point too, and I appreciate that very much. Um, it, it's nice because I feel like the the ones that are the loudest right now of us girls, um, are very like, yeah, we're female, but like, that's okay, <laughs> it's yeah. fine. You know what yeah. I mean? We're still just fans who have opinions just like you, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make it any different. It's just a different sounding voice and a different person. That's yeah. all. You know? And C- Courtney does a, a unique job too, and she was she just does. on the show uh, recently, and um, she was very, very good. Uh, Tom from Wrestling News World listened to that episode and texted me and said, "Oh my gosh, that girl is super, super good." Um, yeah. I'm glad you got her on the show because she, like, she dives into like she takes these wrestlers and like, boom, they're people. 
Nobody yeah. does that but her. But she's no. like, hey, Jay White's a dude. Like, he's a wrestler, he's a character, but then she, like, does a great job of bringing it back to, like, hey, remember, these guys are humans, they're characters, mm-hmm. and I love them, especially if their name is Jay White or Killer Cross. That's correct. Shout out to <laughs> Courtney. Oh, man, I'm going to have that girl on this show, too. I can't wait. It's going to yeah, be Yeah, she's awesome. She's a lot of fun, and she's super easy to plan with, too, so. Yeah. Cool. Well, good to know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just nice. It's nice to be to be recognized, not just because we're women, but I mean, listen, we're going to be real. That's a large part of why 100 percent why people listen to us, a but b why it's such a I don't want to call it a phenomenon because that's not the right word, but it's more like, wow, kind of thing. Wow, there's girls who know things about wrestling. And that seems so antiquated and weird to me. But mm-hmm. we get. I'm sure the other girls can. You know, they can speak for themselves. But I got that all the time. Oh, you only yeah. like it because your boyfriend does, or you only know this because he made you watch blah blah blah. And I was like, Psh, mm-hmm. please. First of all, Mr. Queen doesn't even really like wrestling. He likes me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I guess that's why we got married. But uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, he enjoys parts of it, but he's not like I am. So right. it's just weird. But yeah, it's what, uh. uh my wife was watching wrestling. The first time I met my wife, she mm-hmm. came over to watch a wrestling pay-per-view. And I didn't realize it was the first time I met her. Um, different story for an off-air topic. But sure. we, uh, my, she actually came over to watch a wrestling pay-per-view with my roommate and one of my best friends at the time. Or he's still one of my best friends. But he was my roommate at the time. Mm-hmm. She was over there watching a wrestling pay-per-view. And I was probably getting drunk. <laughs> so not watching the pay-per-view. Not watching probably, the pay-per-view. Probably getting drunk in my one bedroom apartment that I shared with my roommate, which is a story. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> we'll save that one for later. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before we get into the second part, we're going to take a quick break here. And then we're going to talk about what's it like for us to be fans right now in 2019. Hey, wrestling fans. Are you passionate about all things WWE? If you're craving a funny, banner-filled podcast that breaks it all down from Raw to SmackDown Live, every single pay-per-view, and even some NXT, you belong with us at DYWTSB. Join host Mort with Pops, James Z, and Queen as they discuss it all. You will not be disappointed. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, and at DYWTSB on Twitter. We will see you there. All right, and we're back. Hopefully you've subscribed to DYWTSB after hearing that lovely commercial. If you haven't, please do. (laughs) Just a shameless plug right there. But now, Anthony, I want to chat a little bit about what it's like to be a fan right now. What is your fandom like now, and how is it different than... When before you left, which was like you said five years ago, mm-hmm. around about. So what was it like when uh, before you left, and compare it to now? So before I left, like I said, I only knew of WWF at the time, right? Like I knew WWF even with the Chris Benoit tragedy, it was WWF in my mind, even though sure. they were WWE at the time. So that's all I knew. I knew them, and WCW of course was was gone. Um, and so for me, it was like they were the NFL. And that was it. And that was my only option. Um, And I didn't find myself really particularly compelled to follow any of these characters outside of like a Chris Jericho that I passively followed forever. Sure. Um, Five years ago when I jumped in, you know, again, WWE and now NXT, that took me a long time to understand that NXT was WWE. Mm hmm. That is a more difficult concept to grasp than people probably realize, by the way. Like, it was really (laughs) hard for me to understand that 
WWE would create something and call it a different thing. I was like, why? why? I don't understand the branding here, but I still don't, but it happens. So <laughs> that's all I knew. And now, of course, <laughs> five years later, I know too many promotions probably. Like I spend probably too much time watching wrestling, but I don't care. I love it. So mm-hmm. now like it's so different. And it's not even that it's like different because there's so many promotions that are visible. I think the wrestlers themselves are more visible. Like I feel like the wall mm. between the wrestler and the fan for most wrestlers, there are still some guys that won't let that wall down. Some ladies that won't let that wall down, but wrestlers, I don't know what changed. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was with Kenny and the bucks and all of the elite letting their guard down and letting their fans in. And it like convinced others to do the same. But I feel like the reason we're all getting way more passionate, because I feel like wrestlers like wrestling fans are more passionate now than they were five years ago too. Mm. I feel like we're more passionate, not about the wrestler, the wrestling promotion, but the wrestlers. Um, but I feel like the walls have been let down a little bit. Like, of course, Cody, but the bucks and Omega, their walls have been down. Like that's, they've been down. They've let their fans in for a long time, but we're starting to see other guys, even the WWE, let them in like Sami Zayn, right? Like he has let the walls down big time. Kevin Owens even has a little bit, like he's still a heel on Twitter, but you know how solid of a dude this guy is. And so for me, that's how I think wrestling fandom has changed. Not even just for myself, but like, I feel like it's easier for us to attach a human life to this character now. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what happens. I feel like when the internet came of age Mm -hmm. and the social media platforms, we started to figure out how to use them yeah, uh, for good or for ill, but figuring out how to use them to connect with other people, I think started that establishing your online presence is a part of your brand. So as a, you know, either a professional uh, and specifically a wrestler, this is your way to interact with, you know, promote your own shit, obviously, but also to interact with those that follow you. And some are, are very, forward with that and others are, are pulled back but i agree the veil came down a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and in some cases a lot of it and really it sort of like shifted it's more personal now for me yeah. than it was when i was wwf queen <laughs> you yeah. know it's way more personal and and it makes your fandom that has the effect on your fandom right because i right. feel like attached to these people, not only as a character, but as a person, I feel like, yo, I really like you. I want to support you, you know? Right. And that's, that's how I feel too. Right. Like I, I tell people this pretty often. They ask, you know, like, why are you kind of a little bit like, and I don't think that I am really super positive AEW all the time. I'm not going to just blast them all the time, but I am most interested and most invested in the success of that company, especially the four executive vice presidents, because I feel like I know them, right? Like, I don't feel mm-hmm. like I know a lot of these guys. And when I was watching wrestling before, the wrestlers were just characters. They were just yeah. an Iron Man or a Captain in America. They were someone that existed in my fandom, but mm-hmm. didn't exist outside of that. And now, like you said, the veil has come down. I know who these guys are. They share pictures with their wife. They share pictures on mm-hmm. vacation. And it it sounds like you're just, like, stalking these people. But I don't – like, I don't go wide, look at the, the Bucks Twitter and stuff like that all day long. Mm-hmm. But if something pops up no. in my timeline and I see Matt and Dana and uh, Nick and his wife and their kids at Disney World, I'm like, oh, cool. I love Disney World, too. I got married yeah. there. And thank you for letting us see that you guys enjoy regular things that are not just wrestling. Like, yeah. that does a lot for me. Joey Ryan, even. Like, Joey Ryan goes to Disneyland all the time. So, he's, <laughs> you know, flipping people with his dick and then also riding Mr. Toad's wild ride. So, 
like hey, those things attach like <laughs> they attach a worth to me as as far as how they're invested and my wife even like she doesn't pay attention as much as i do but she sees stuff i show her and like sees their real actual raw personality they do a great mm-hmm. job on their channels and stuff and i can see see them or like sammy for syria right like sammy's probably my favorite guy in wwe right now because mm-hmm. of that because yeah. he is not afraid to use a social media platform to say, hey, fuck Saudi Arabia. They won't let me go there. Cool. I'm going to ra- raise money for these Syrian refugees. And I love awesome. that. Yeah. And, and and the reach that they have is mm-hmm. another thing that I feel has changed. You know, the streaming services that we have now, I would never be able to watch New Japan otherwise. <laughs> right. I'd have to really hunt down something to watch it. Without these streaming services, I never would have been introduced to Stardom Wrestling. Yeah. With, of course, JPQ and my pal Will for like, yo, you need to watch Stardom, and I was like, okay. And he's, they're like, no, 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 watch Stardom, and I was like, yeah. okay. Now I'm obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> now I have to watch it all the time. It's so fresh and new and different, and yeah. all these women, oh my god, they're so talented. But like, that's changed in my life. I can mm-hmm. watch Impact on Twitch on my phone. I can watch the WWE Network on my phone. I can do everything in the palm of my hand now that I couldn't do before. And it's enabled me to broaden my horizons, watch matches I never would have watched, be introduced to new indie wrestlers I wouldn't have before. And it's propelled me, I think, to be a better fan. Yeah. I go and attend local wrestling shows now more than I ever would have previously because now I have that connection. Now I feel like, yeah, like this is great. I want to support that. I was just at one last night, which was fucking great. Um, yeah, like I never would have done that really before. It's so, so mm-hmm. broad and different now. It's super broad and different. I'm glad you brought up the indies because I love the indies. I've got two Wrestle Circus posters behind me and that. I'm going to a Wrestle Circus show next week. And the most sh- fun shows I've been to, like, yeah, I went to All In, not the most fun show I've been to. It was Wrestle Circus last month. And before that, it was AAW in Austin, where I got to see the Lucha Brothers versus uh, AR Fox, and I can't remember who he tags with, which is fine with me. Like, it's cool that I see guys that I was impressed by, but I don't necessarily remember their names. Yep. And I could see the Rascals all the time. I could see LAX wrestle. And these are names that nobody, like, nobody really talks about that much, other than the Lucha Bros. Uh, that is really awesome. And I agree. I think it makes me a better fan, because I can actually reach out and put my hands on an indie promotion in a sense. Like, yeah, even if I can't go to wrestle circus, I can see it on Twitch for fucking free. Like right. I don't have to spend $10 a month and not watch table for three and all this other shit that's on there to watch a show. I can just watch it for free and laugh my ass off at orange, uh, orange Cassidy versus gentleman Jervis or, or whomever Love that match. It's, Oh my God. It, it was hard not to cry. I don't know if you saw in the background, my wife and I like, busting out laughing because we're, <laughs> we're on the like, not on the hard cam on the right side of the ring yeah but it, it does like an indie wrestling for me is easier to attach myself to because now i can see it number one number yeah. two it's it's the college football of wrestling yeah it's like where these guys are grooming themselves it's it's not even a minor league system in a way it's like they are doing because they're doing this for a hot dog and a handshake they legitimately are making hardly shit to do this i know um so like they care. There's so much passion there and it's so much better than the major stuff. It opinion. really is. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Seeing that and just because it's fresh on my brain from last night, you know, I paid $40. I had ringside seats. I got to watch John Moxley versus Darby Allen. I got to see Joey Janela versus a local guy. 
named Brad Hollister, who's oh, big Oh, that bacon. poor local guy. Uh, no, he's a huge big hoss. It was amazing. Okay. They, he put Joey through his paces. It was awesome. And Joey went, like, into a ladder. It was wild. Mm. Um, but, yeah, like, and then I watched, uh, you know, some of the local guys' matches. And then I got to see Private Party in a triple threat tag team match. Oh, my God. And the other two tag teams were awesome. You know, local, I'm saying, um, from this particular wrestling promotion, which is uh, Northeast Wrestling, it's uh, a lot of New York-based talent mm-hmm. and the Connecticut-based talent or Massachusetts-based talent. It's kind of like that whole vibe. Sometimes Rhode Island, it depends. But, yeah, like, wow. And they are so passionate. And you know that they're not getting paid a lot of money to be there. And they're like doing it anyway and putting on a hell of a show and i found new indie wrestlers and i'm like yo like i'm gonna follow you and i'm gonna watch what you do because you made me a fan right so accessible it's unreal yeah and you know i actually got to see because of indie wrestling i got to see mjf right before this all of a sudden massive surge for him happened in like the last three months because i saw him in january and he was there was momentum for mjf it was nowhere near where it's at right now though and wow. I, we threw toilet paper rolls of toilet paper at him. Like, oh, you were that that one? Yeah, oh yeah. I shared, I was, I shared the video. He That's retweeted right. it. He called That's me an right. asshole. <laughs> yeah, wow. Oh no, he said we were stupid redneck kicks. That's what it was. He's not wrong. But in, <laughs> anyway, um, there's. I think that has a lot to do with wrestling fandom as a whole too, because I feel like in like wrestlers now, like the curtains down, right? Sure. But also like wrestling Twitter is mostly people that are like, I love WWE or I love New Japan or I love AEW, but yo, I love my indie promotion so much more. Yeah. It's cool. It is cool. It's so cool. And it's really nice. You know, a thing that your discord provided was this window into other people's indie fandom. That's like, yo, have you seen WXW? Have you seen PWG? Have you seen blah, blah, blah? And they just start rattling off promotions and you're like, huh? What? Yeah. No? What's that? Yeah. And they're like, oh, well. <laughs> and then they give you something and they show it to you and you're like, mind blown. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. cool. User discretion, though. If you jump into the Smart to Death Discord ever, if you ever do that, you will be bombarded with, do you watch GCW? Because we're all obsessed. And by all, I mean me, Bob Ruski, and John. And yeah. Metal 2006. Yeah, we're too, we're a little hardcore. About the a little GCW. hardcore, but you know what? That's all right. <laughs> it's, but you're right, though. It is cool. You get to see this, like, this, because there's matchups that, like, you saw this show last night. Mm-hmm. And for me to even know that your indie promotion had Darby Allen versus John Moxley last night is, is, let's be real, it's a little ridiculous that, right? that wrestling is so accessible that I even knew that. Mm-hmm. Like, I even knew they were on there. And then you say all these other names that are on the show. And then, like, Wrestling Circus is next weekend, and you'll like you'll know some of the names on mm-hmm. there. It's so fucking weird how 2019 is. I don't think it was yeah. like this last year. I don't think it was like that either. And and that's an interesting point. A lot of I remember even believing it myself that 2018 was such a great year for wrestling. Mm-hmm. And now we're in 2019, and now we're in June, and I'm like, fuck 2018. This is yeah. crazy. We're in a crazy time period. Yeah. So how do you feel about how wrestling fandom, wrestling in general? is right now in 2019 so maybe people won't agree with this but i truly think this and i I kind of i basically said this on the omega luke podcast last week too um or this week whenever he aired that episode i don't know but he (laughs) um he asked me to compare 2018 to 1990 something the the whatever year the attitude era was technically born 
Oh, I think okay. 2019 is going to be the most. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to the Perfect Scam podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Important year in wrestling history, uh, because I think I think the territories are back. I do. I think the territory system is back, and I think that wrestling is maybe not as mainstream popular, but it is popular enough that um, it can be huge. Now, we've heard some story. There are some stories out here where Ring of Honor can't sell tickets at all right now, which is a really big bummer for them. But that's really their yeah. own fault because um, they aren't doing anything to make you care. And Jeff Cobb is in the main event. And I didn't even know that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, not good. No. And he's amazing. But anyway, I think that 2019 is going to be the most important year because one, we have this. <laughs> will they go to war? Won't they go to war? WWE versus AEW thing. Of course, that's that's the big thing. Mm-hmm. But then you have other promotions that are like enabling themselves to compete in markets that those two promotions aren't really focusing on. Like right. New Japan is coming over here to the West, but they're also going to the UK and they're going to Australia. Yeah. And neither AEW or WWE are doing a real in my AEW is doing a better job, but mm-hmm. WWE is not doing a great job of getting into the UK. I don't care that they have NXT UK that. They have it, but they don't put on a whole lot of shows there, and I don't think they advertise the brand very well. So you're not getting any names into this, whereas New Japan's bringing these people in. Like, they're bringing their promotion in, and they're not rating all their talent. They're just bringing a show there. It's awesome. Um, And there's – like, the UK is a huge deal. I think that a lot of people are focusing on the UK like they never have before. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. And it seems like wrestling's going more global now than it ever has before, too. Like WWE is going to Japan a lot. You know, AEW is working with a Chinese promotion and, and Chima all of a sudden is is a big deal again. And so it's yeah. it's interesting. I think that when we look back on wrestling history 10 years from now, we'll look at 2019 and go, holy shit. Like there's kind of ter- there were kind of territories then there yeah. are indie spots everywhere. And that, like that was that was it. Wrestling changed one way or another forever from that year. And oh, I think so. I think so, too. Um, I always say. And I know it sounds cliche and kind of gimmicky, but what a time to be a fan. And yeah. I, I really mean that, though. Like, I honestly, to my soul, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I came back because look at what we're witnessing right now. Yep. We are witnessing the shift in wrestling, the change in fandom, the rise of of interactions in our own wrestling Twitter. There are more people joining in on the conversation, more people wanting to talk about wrestling, more people wanting to go to shows and see things. And I, you know, I feel like there's a lot of dissension, you know, you either have to like one or the other. And uh, I'd like to see that go away. I'd like to see us really unite as a community and be like, yo, it's fine. If you only want to watch this, that's fine. But you don't need to shit on other people because they like such and such or whatever. And right. I'd also like to be uh, a promoter for you may only like WWE, but I wish that you might open your eyes to see a couple other things because there's so much talent out there. You right. might just maybe find something you like, you know, because that's what yeah. happened to me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, you know, it's it's just a gift that I wish people would would open their eyes to. I, you know, I hate that you took that angle because now I have to take a different angle here, which is to tell people <laughs> that they should check out WWE. But truly, 
if you are someone that doesn't like WWE, there is there is probably something in WWE you like. Like if you're a New Japan fan only, let's say you really like Yano, would mm. you not like the 24/7 title stuff with R Truth? Is that not great comedy wrestling? Because it it is, and I, it's weird to say that, but maybe the best thing going in wrestling right now is our truth with that twenty four seven title. That shit is super funny, and it's creative. It's unique. They did a scene where he pinned freaking Jinder Mahal on a plane. They did a yeah. scene where Jinder Mahal showed up in his full gear at a golf course, and yeah. that's that's funny stuff. Like that is. WWE deserves all the credit in the world. They took the ugliest belt and made it the most entertaining thing on the show. Which and is I think they're weird as shit. It is weird. And I think really they're using that their their pre-recorded content to mm-hmm. push that forward. Because yeah. we don't see that on the on Ron's SmackDown. We see some backstage segments and yeah. we see them running around for the title. But the real gold that they're getting is when they pop it up on Twitter or they pop it up on Instagram. And, yeah. and that was what I was hoping they were going to do. And I'm so glad that that's the direction they're moving in because it draws and, and pulls engagement. You know, the show itself is a whole nother mess, but I feel like there are bright spots. There are yeah. things that you can find that are enjoyable. Um, right. Brock party is fucking hysterical. Yeah. Brock's really good with this, with this money in the bank. He's fantastic right now. I'm, I'm loving that. And I don't like Brock Lesnar at all, but I Me like either. this. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't stand Brock Lesnar. I wish yep. I would typically say I wish he wasn't on my TV, but honestly, I would like him to be on my TV two nights a week right now with a briefcase because it's a lot of fun. Him it and Heyman are having so much fun. Um Seth Rollins last year had like one of the best runs in wrestling at the end of the year when he was That's super true. hot and did the gauntlet. Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan had one of the best wrestling stories in a long time. Sure. Um you had Becky's rise to fame. There is some good stuff in the WWE. You just got to sit through a lot of shit to get through it. Which is the unfortunate part. Right. And, and you know, like we were talking about previously, you know, for me, I, I find myself, you know, title is fandom tailing back again. And I find myself uh, wanting to dip out of WWE. I want to pull back a little bit. Um, I, I don't want to watch live as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I find that sad. But I also am like, you know, it's not something that I'm I'm feeling. It's not right. something that I'm connecting with anymore aside from a few things. And why am I going to spend five hours of my mm-hmm. life a mm-hmm. week plus NXT, but I love watching NXT, sure. um, committed to that if it's only giving me maybe a half an hour total of something I really like? Yeah. And I think that's um... – you know, everybody always says why, you know, you like all this other stuff, but you always talk about WWE. Well, like that WWE, no matter what kind of fan you are, if you're a Western fan, that it got you there. It got yep. you to where you are right now. And so we all have this really invested it like we have this vested interest in WWE being yep. good again, being and mm-hmm. not objectively good, being good to where you can sit through a three hour show and you're entertained for at least 70 percent of it. Because if 30% of a show is is crap, let's be real. That's a New Japan show. New Japan shows has a lot of multi-man tags. Sure. Those might be fun, but after a while, man, if you're watching all those Road 2 shows, you get real tired of multi-man tags. Because you got, yeah. But you skip them because you're not going to watch those shows live probably. Um, it's different because they have – like you know, New Japan has the benefit of their shows don't happen all of the time. So you can't get those beat down by it. Mm-hmm. But if you give me 70 to 80% of a WWE show, then you're good. But I'm with you. Yeah, I didn't watch WWE at all last week. I read I read what happened and that was enough to podcast on. That's not good. 
I know. And and that's a it's a sad state of affairs when, you know, we're in podcasting and we want to be talking about these things, but when it's so utterly disappointing to you, I don't know what you're I don't know how to handle that. <laughs> so yeah. my response is to go, mm, let me pump the brakes for a second. Let mm-hmm. me see if I if I don't bog myself down with it and mm-hmm. I can still like watch at my leisure or whatever and then record with my DYWTSB boys, which is what we do with WWE, uh, maybe it won't affect me as much but i'm just yeah. finding like i'm i'm just not something about it i just can't right now well none of the characters are particularly compelling um yeah. becky was a lot of fun but she's just not anymore um right. it, it's and she it's because she's with Lacey, who it has potential but isn't there yet and it's kind of killing becky because the feud's not particularly hot um seth versus brock is going to be entertaining but you can get it all through gifts because the whole story is Brock being hilarious with the stupid briefcase, um, <laughs> which I love. It, and like the 24-7 title, you said the most entertaining stuff pops up on Twitter. Sure. And it's a three-minute clip. Yep. Maybe a 10-minute clip. You don't have to watch a whole show for that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a, it's a unique situation where WWE is right now. Um, they can be very entertaining. They have the potential to be. They probably will be at some point. But right now, it's, it is uh, hard to connect to the characters, I think. Yeah. Uh, just no one's really very interesting. No, no one is very interesting, and that makes things difficult. But moving towards the rest of this year, you know, we still have the second half of the year to go. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to about your experiences, uh, wrestling, your fandom in 2019? So, of course, All Out, but I, I don't want to focus on that because All Out's going to be amazing, and that's cool. AEW, whatever. Everybody's looking forward to AEW. I'm actually looking forward to covering what happens with everybody else because Mm. my podcast is doing news. And the most interesting things to me thing to me is how does everybody else rank and how do they do business and how do they remain profitable when AEW and WWE take up almost all the market? Um, That's what I'm most interested in is what's happening. What's going to happen with new Japan is new Japan going to keep pressing West are they going right. to are they going to figure out how to fix that failed experiment? Because I love New Japan, but they have failed the Western expansion. Um, how what you know? How is ROH is ROH going to die? Is Impact going to die? Are they going right. to keep going? Um, MLW is starting to come down here. What is MLW going to do? So I'm more interested in how many newsworthy topics are going to come out that I get to talk with about every week. In a very selfish way, that's what I'm most interested in. <laughs> but but if I have a lot of news topics, that means wrestling is really fucking good. So if I have a lot to talk about, if I have 45 topics to talk about in a week that I have to switch uh, squash down, that means everyone else that listens to wrestling podcasts like the listener right now, um, that means that they're having a great time because there's some really good shit happening. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I, I feel similarly. Uh, for me, I feel like AEW is what I'm most looking forward to, not only because of the content and the TNT deal, but I'm... In a, in a way to you, like to speak to what you were saying, I'm interested at the response. Mm-hmm. How, you know, I've said it several times, how I think AEW coming to be and causing the waves that it's causing. And hopefully, as I'm thinking and feeling it will, changing things in the fall when they start their weekly show, how they will be causing other people to rise their game 
That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking forward to seeing. I want to see that because I really honestly feel that them coming to be and coming to fruition uh, is only a good thing because yeah. it causes everyone to go, damn, okay, what are we going to do? And that's a thing where wrestlers are going to win, hopefully, promotions will win, and we as fans will win. And that's what I want to see. I want to see what happens with them and what other people do in response. And I want to continue in my fandom, broadening my perspective and watching other things. And we've already seen a response from the indie promotions. Indie promotions are putting on some of the best cards that no one gets to see um, unless you live local. And that's kind of amazing because that's the way wrestling should be. I think that you should sometimes miss a match. And hear only hear folklore, folks' tales about this amazing match that you've seen, because um, then it just makes it adds a mystique to the wrestler and to the match, sure. and it's kind of amazing. Ah, what a great point! I, I wholeheartedly agree with that um, for for hundred percent. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on this show and having this wonderful hour and a half talk with me. I've had such a great time and I'm so thrilled to to have you on Queen's Court. And my friend, it's time for you to put yourself over with all of the amazing things that you do. It's a long list, but it it's is a, a long great list. list. <laughs> so I'm going to start actually by putting you over because I love to put other people over. It's kind of my whole thing. Um, thank you so much for not just inviting me, but like creating content that's truly unique for listeners. I think it's important that there's something that's not so damn monotonous that's just breakdown and reviews, even though I'm really kind of burying myself by saying that because that's <laughs> what I do. But it is important, right? Like if you have a mind and an ability to have these unique topics and be so ridiculously prepared like you were, like this is the most beautiful outline I've ever seen in my life, and I love it so much. It's got color. It I cared to read it. It's like <laughs> – ah, it's good stuff. Anyway um, – <laughs> It's important, though. I think it's important that there are like unique, there's unique content because no, like everybody does the same shit in wrestling, uh, wrestling coverage. Everybody's the same. You cover a show, you recap it, you cover an event, you recap it, and you talk about breaking news. But you're just talking about the art of wrestling. And for me to get that break, you have no idea. Like it's actually kind of reinvigorated. My like kind of fatigue I had the last few days from wrestling. So thank you for that. Um, for all of you guys listening, if you want to follow Smart to Death, please do. It's at Smart to Death on every social media platform known to man. There's even a Tumblr that doesn't get used. So if you want to help me figure out how to make Smart to Death fanfic with myself, <laughs> you can, you're welcome to. I, that's what Tumblr's for, right? I don't quite know what it is. I don't either. It's a great uh, question. <laughs> If you know what Tumblr is, please send me a very detailed description, uh, smarttodeath at gmail.com. But the podcast airs on Thursdays live on youtube.com slash smarttodeath. Please check it out. We have a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to be going solo mostly, so the chat is going to be my co-host. So please become a co-host in the chat. I'd love that. Uh, I do write for three fantastic wrestling sites. Um, Number one, Wrestling News World, the home site of Smart to Death. Please check them out for all of your breaking news. Some great guys there. Shout out to Tom Fenton, who has supported me and helped really push me and develop me as a podcaster. I, I appreciate that. Um, shout out to a Steel Chair Magazine, part of Vulture Hound, a UK-based magazine. I am going to be writing their uh, all-out review, and I also uh, will be writing their SmackDown reviews, as well as writing uh, – I just wrote their Double or Nothing review as well. And uh, Bell to Bells, B-E-L-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. 
uh, please check that site out. It is the best place for women's wrestling coverage. There are some ridiculously talented writers there, like Laura Morrow, like Harmony Cox, um, like Kristen Ashley, like Jam, who writes for every site that's freaking known. And Warren, if he eventually gets off his lazy ass or onto his lazy ass, we will have podcasts as well. So <laughs> there's a list. I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful list, though. Uh, my dear Queens Courtiers, please follow my friend Anthony at Smarked Death. You will not regret it. It is a joy. Uh, my first non, I don't know how to say this. Are you an indie podcast? Can we call you that? I would say I'm an indie podcast. You're an indie yeah. podcast. Yeah, because I listen to, you know, Jericho and JR and a whole bunch of other people. And then I found you. And uh, it was awesome. Yeah, um, ain't nobody paying these podcast bills. So I'm definitely <laughs> going independent. You're so. definitely going independent, um, which is great. I'm going to call you. I like that. Um, and uh, if you can get in the Discord, please do. We have a blast. Uh, and join Anthony live on Thursdays. Uh, I'm so glad you moved to Thursdays, by the way, selfishly, because I can actually be with you <laughs> no i moved to interact. thursdays because more people can be there the wednesdays was a little dumb but you know that's makes, all right you, you win some you lose some you win some you lose some so please do and anthony thank you so much again for coming on queen's court and up next the queen's courtiers questions segment and the jester and crown of the week all right everyone it's time for the queen's courtiers questions segment and the first question i have is from my pals at headlock talk Pick one wrestler, each from the other company, to send to one of the other two, WWE, AEW, or New Japan. Example, you can send Osprey to WWE, Nakamura to AEW, and Ray Phoenix to New Japan. Well, oh, oh, and the caveat there is NXT counts for WWE. So I would send Shinsuke Nakamura back to New Japan. Easy decision for me. I would send Jay White to NXT because I feel like they need a really evil heel and he would fit perfect in that whole vibe. And I would send the revival to AEW. Great question, y'all. Check my pals Tanner and Steven on Headlock Tuck out every single Tuesday on Brain Buster Radio. My pal Ozzy Lucian, which is at Ozzy, A-U-S-S-I-E, Lucian, L-U-T-I-O-N, asks, Dearest Queen, what is your favorite pre-70s match on the WWE Network from any brand and why? Yours truly, Ozzy. Aw, my pal. Okay, so this is a deep dive, right? You have to go back into the archives to really find it. But there are some real hidden gems there, so I really recommend you do. But one of my favorites, okay, is the Legend of the Sheik. <laughs> you have to love the Sheik. And the best part about it is that this match is a demonstration of, you know, like one of the pioneers of hardcore wrestling. The Sheik faces Juan Humberto at the Sportatorium on December the 15th. No, excuse me, December the 14th, rather, 1954. Uh, it's super fun and interesting and something that I wouldn't have seen without the network. So thanks, pal. Great question. My pal Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast every Saturday on Brain Buster Radio asks... If you can go back in time, what three decisions would you use to fix TNA wrestling? Oh, God. Well, I think really the first thing that kind of jumped out at me was when Hogan and Bischoff were able to kind of like, you know, assume control. Given license, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, in 2010, they ruined it. They ruined any sort of real promise or forward momentum that TNA had, in my opinion. Right? Because if you go back before that, 
Uh, AJ Styles was running roughshod everywhere. He was amazing. You had stuff with Kurt Angle. You had Samoa Joe. You had uh, all of these great people. Bobby Roode, who you know we know now, Robert Roode, right? We had Jeff Hardy. I mean, we had so many people. Ric Flair was there. <laughs> you know, it's like they had things going for them. But I feel like the um, the thing that pops out in my brain is like when um, Bully Ray was marrying Brooke Hogan or whatever. That's the image in my brain right now, and I feel like. Yeah, all that drama and shit totally sucked and killed it. Instead of the, like the edgy, really awesome technical wrestling that we were getting, we're now getting this washed over WWE style, terrible wedding stuff and all this drama, right? It just didn't really work. So that's one thing I would change, uh, not having that happen. Another thing is the payment schedule has always, I felt, been a serious problem, but more so at that time period and, and to now, like they wouldn't get paid on time and like, you know, that was not really so great. So I feel like if you're going to do that and have a company, then you should be really on time with your payments to your talent, uh, whether that be backstage or uh, in the ring. And another thing I think I would change is the bouncing from station to station. It felt really unstable and I think that turned off a lot of people. So I would change those three things. Uh, just you know, off the top of my head thinking about it, that's what I would do. So thanks, Conrad. What a really awesome and unique question. All right, everyone, that brings us right to the end of Queen's Court. But you know we can't go until we do our jester and crown of the week. So the jester of the week <laughs> is going to go to an independent wrestler that I saw called King Brian and his bishop or whatever the heck he's being called. I guess it's a testament to their great heel work, but Jesus, it was uh, a little much at times, but somewhat entertaining. But because he was such a jerk to little children, you, sir, are the jester of the week. But now onto the crown of the week. Yes, queen. <laughs> yes. The crown of the week is going to Northeast Wrestling for putting on this bad ass independent show where every single match was really, really well done. I so enjoyed myself. I always do when I go to indie shows, but this one in particular was really well run, really tight. The talent was awesome from the first match to the last, which of course was John Moxley versus Darby Allen. Y'all, in a high school gym, it doesn't get better than that. It just doesn't. There were not many people in the building. It felt really intimate and special. Darby Allen became one of my solidified my love for him. Uh, he became one of my like serious favorites. I liked him before, but seeing him wrestle changed that for me. I really loved Private Party. Seeing them in a triple threat with two awesome tag teams, by the way, they were really, really good. Y'all um, were young, energetic. Oh, what a match that was. It was really special. The title match was really great with JT Dunn versus Wrecking Ball Ligurski. That was cool. Joey Janela was there in a match versus Brian Hollister, Big Bacon. That was awesome. It was a no DQ. Joey went into a ladder. Um, he's a bad, bad boy, honey. Loved him. Penelope Ford was there, who I got to meet. What an absolute delight she is. Such a nice person. Uh, very genuine and, and heartfelt. Uh, quick conversation we had. So shout out to you, Penelope. And also, surprise, Renee Young came out. We knew she was there. But the surprise is that she brought Flip Gordon out with her. And Flip, oh my god, it was awesome. So Northeast Wrestling and that indie show, y'all get the crown of the week. 
All right, kiddos, that'll do us. <laughs> okay, that'll do us for this week on Queen's Court. I have so many fun and upcoming exciting projects that I really want to tell you about, but I can't. I have to wait. So please stay tuned. I'm going to have some news on the Twitters. Yeah. <laughs> All I can say is I I'm so happy and so excited to share what I have to share with you. And thank you so much for listening this week and all of the other weeks and into the future. All right, my loves, it's that time. Please enjoy the rest of your day and be kind to one another. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Regina King. For Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.